Hello, Hello yummy mummies. Welcome to Beyond the Bump, a podcast brought to you by Jade Caldwell and Sophie Pierce. This podcast is targeted at mums, mums-to-be and women in general. And gents, feel free to have a listen too. It's a place to have real discussions and ask real questions, no matter how hard, with honest and authentic people. The aim is to have you feeling lighter, more supported and more understood after every listen. Now, we can't promise that it will always be kept PG, so please be mindful around little ears. Here we go. (coughs) Just a little disclaimer (laughs) that um, if you are one of our parents or you know our parents or you're a family member or your friends are friends, yeah, you are not to listen to this episode. There is sex questions in here. There are things you do not want to hear. We were feeling a little bit sherry at the time of recording. Sherry we may have regrets. <laughs> so you can just hop off and hop back on next week. Yeah, where it's a little bit different. So okay, bye-bye. Bye now. Hello, Jay. Hello, Sophie. And hello to all our beautiful listeners. You are stuck with just us today. We've given you two weeks break, so we were like, they better miss us by now yeah, enough in hot. to just want to listen to us. Yeah, our soothing voices. We've rested them for a whole two weeks. No, we haven't. No, I've been yelling at my kids for a whole 14 days and now I have a few days until school holidays, so I didn't really plan that one too no, well. That's, so you've taken them out of school yeah, for two weeks yes, to then go... I mean, I guess it means that when you're away, you're not with everyone else on school holidays. Oh, yeah. Like that is a plus, but, you know. <laughs> not enough of a plus. <laughs> Although the plus is that Yumi does still have daycare, so it's okay. The girls are at an age now where, you know, if they're not bickering and I'm entertaining them or we're doing something, it's more like, hey, can you drop me here now because I want to have a play date yeah, and I'm juggling that. Yeah, taxi. Yeah, I'm a taxi. So you're telling me that th- you've actually really only got one child and so when you whinge about having three kids, like really you've yeah. only got one child? Yeah. So from now on <laughs> I've actually only got one child and the, the other, other two, two are self-sufficient. Yes, yeah. so I'm back to not complaining. <laughs> here we are. We'll see how long that lasts. Yes, yes. <laughs> All right, so this episode is proudly sponsored by us <laughs> and – You guys wrote in all the questions, so it was quite easy for us to make this happen. And hopefully you bloody well like it because you guys created it. So Yeah, we felt like we've recently had quite a lot of new listeners and we've had quite a lot of people writing into the Beyond the Bump Instagram with questions that were maybe like just touched on at the start, like things like how we met, how the podcast started. So we thought we'd just do a little bit of a refresher of who we are, what we do, because you guys seem to tune in each week and we put in little tidbits here and there, but we thought we'd do one all about us because you can't shut us up. And it's also really nice to have these questions come in because, you know, we don't know what you're all thinking. And when you're asking that, we're like, oh, you actually don't know that. You don't know that. So here we are. We're going to do the best we can with answering as much as we can in, I don't know, we'll give it an (laughs) hour-ish. All right. So first question, how did you meet and how did your friendship blossom? So we'll keep this one quick because I feel like we have answered it a few times before. So go back and listen to some episodes. (laughs) (laughs) No, we met on Instagram. We did. Um, We had just, who started following who? I can't remember. Who can flex about that? Well, I, not to like. I followed you first. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Like I'm not a big follower and it's not because 
I am like, oh, I wouldn't follow anyone. I actually don't scroll much and I don't follow people much. But then you did come in to, I think when you start people comment or, you know, you get this friendship or relationship and you're like, oh, this person's cool. Actually, this is how my husband and I met. He he started messaging me through my space and I didn't know what he looked like and I wasn't following him. So I was like, oh, I don't know. And then the communication got better. I'm like, who is this person? So it was kind of like soap. I'm like, who is this person? Don't just blindly talk to people on the <laughs> internet, by the way, everyone. That is not what Jade yeah. is saying. Catfish. Okay, catfish. <laughs> yeah. Real easy. I no. know, and I look so attractive in my photos, but it's not catfishing. That's actually just what I look yeah, like. Yeah, I was gobsmacked. Yeah. So we met through Instagram and, yeah, basically we only met in real life once and we were both wearing white linen. I'm pretty <laughs> sure we have a photo of it that we can put up somewhere. Um, We met at the farm in white linen. How Byron of us. It was very Byron. And then afterwards I had made the decision that I wanted to start a podcast and I messaged Jade and said, hey, like I want to start a podcast that talks about kind of areas of motherhood that are a bit taboo or not touched on enough. And I said, you know, you've been really open with your experience of postnatal depression and anxiety. Do you want to come on to the podcast? And And I said, don't use me. I have too many (laughs) ideas. So let's do it together. And so we did it together. Yeah, so a lot of people think that we are like, have you know, grown up like together, grown up sisters. together, sisters, sisters in laws, best friends, cousins, none of those things. We've known each other literally for as long as the podcast has been alive, which is over and two years. I think that's. I think that's a unique part of our podcast is that we are getting to know one another on air just like Everyone else. you guys are getting to know us. And to be honest, we don't actually hang out that much outside of the podcast. That's not because we don't get on. Like literally if I have a problem, Jade is one of the yeah. first people, poor thing, that I call. But it's because like once you're – like life is so busy. Like we already spend at least one day together a week. And Minimum it's like- plus we spend – like I reckon I message you more than anyone in my life. Like uh, yeah. it's constant it's everyday stuff that we're every and half it, an hour. And it is. It's sometimes it's something funny or something it's for the Instagram or it's for the Facebook or it's for an email related. Like we are constantly talking and maybe that's the the perk of why the podcast has worked so well because we did have another question that came in how do you start a podcast how does it you know become successful and to be brutally honest we winged it we had no idea we didn't know if our personalities would work together we didn't know what we were doing we really we actually started out thinking that we were going to be very similar and that's why it was going to work and then as soon as we kind of started it we realized oh no we're actually so different yeah have such different experiences, look at situations really differently, differently and that's actually why we feel like it works. And we started recording outside in <laughs> like the wind. <laughs> we had that much of no idea how to record. And then we moved inside to like the rooms in your house that were like floorboards, <laughs> no soft furnishing anywhere, a dog running around and barking. So the um, the audio has improved, yes. we promise. But I would say like how do you start a podcast? Like obviously nowadays the market is a lot more saturated. We started just before COVID hit and I feel like a lot of podcasts have 
launched once COVID hit and people were at home and, you know, it was a job that you could do from home and people started listening to podcasts more, I would say you have to find like what your point of difference is. Like don't just do what someone else is doing. You have to find a niche area that isn't already being done, whether that be the information you can give or an insight you can give into something or a personality spin you can give on something. Don't just try and create what's already out there. And by all means, be inspired by what you listen to and who you listen to, but you need to be unique because no one will listen to the exact same thing if it's already out there because it's already out there. But it is funny because we were speaking to someone who was starting a podcast a few weeks ago, (coughs) Dr. Golly, and we were just sitting at a table and, and sharing what we do, how we do things. And that is when the first time it actually hit me how big, like I sat there and was like, like, I know it's a job, but I'm like, we've got a full on, full on business. Like we are running, we are doing a lot. There are so (laughs) many areas. Well, I feel like when we started, we were like, oh, one hour podcast once a week, like how much time can that take? (laughs) But we got Pete, we got management, we got editor, like we've got, there's just, there's a lot of things that now are put in place. And we hope that if you've listened to the start of the episodes and now you're at a hundred and whatever we're at, you can see the difference of how much we've grown. And we do it because we are humbled that you guys listen and you want more. So we're trying to amplify and raise our bar to meet your needs. Absolutely. We're jumping questions because we want to just keep it all over the shop like we usually are. How did you navigate the shift in the relationship with partner and new baby? Oh, do you want to go first? Um, I like to start out all these ones with my, with like, you know, the partner questions to say that like, I don't really feel like Nick and I have a very like quote unquote normal like parenting role. Like maybe it's a bit 2022 and it's a bit modern, but, you know, like I do want to say that I feel very lucky that, you know, he's around a lot. He's able to help a lot. He sees what being a stay-at-home parent or a working parent is like. So I do want to preface it with that. I would say that I didn't find a massive change in our relationship when we had Poppy. I feel like we really like came together as a team. He was extremely hands-on, like woke up with me overnight. Like, of course, you're like, there's a whole nother human in your relationship that you're having to take care of. But I didn't see a massive difference then. I saw a massive difference after we had Goldie. I felt like the juggle became so real that it was like, how the hell can I stretch myself to fulfill the needs of all of these humans. You know, like it would get to the end of the day, like if Nick came home from work or if he'd been out, I would be like, if another human being touches me, you know, having yeah. two, like I had two kids that were under two, like I was being touched a lot in the day. <laughs> I had kids that freaking needed me and not saying that any child no longer needs you, but I was just like, if another human being touches me, I will just combust Mm. and that was that actually kind of cyclically like I feel like every three months or so really reared its head between Nick and I because Nick's love language is very much affection 
he's said it on the podcast before, he's a very sexual person and I'm not a particularly affectionate person and I have to, you know, all the ducks have to be in their, in the row, in their row. I don't even know if I'm using the right analogy <laughs> for me to like feel like being affectionate. You know, like I feel like the list needs to be ticked off. You know, I need to be feeling psychologically good. I need to have like exercised. I need to be feeling sexy. And it's like, once you have two kids, what's the likelihood of all those things being ticked off? So that was definitely the time after having two, that juggle of being able to find time for Nick and I. And I basically had to, we had to take it slow. Like I had to be like, no, we have to find a babysitter and we have to start going on dates. It can't just be like you get home in your lunch break. We like all of a sudden I take off my mum hat and I'm like, yeah, let's have sex on. now. Yeah, my root cap goes <laughs> on. You know, like I had to say to him, I can't flick from one to the other like that. It has to, th- th- there has to be love outside of just having sex. And I think you just have to have those conversations about like sometimes in these stages of your life, sex cannot be the be all and end all. And I definitely didn't ever have the like inspiration to initiate sex until basically I'd finished breastfeeding and my cycle was back normally. Yeah. And even still now, like he would initiate five times to my one. Yeah. Maybe more. And some people are out there where the, you know, whoever's given birth is actually more totally sexual than the other partner and, and that's hard on them. But for me, I would say like in terms of navigating the shift in the relationship, the shift has been navigated every time we've had a child and it's interesting because the first time I had a child I I'll try and keep it quick because otherwise we're going to be here for hours but the first time was I put on this mum hat role where I took the ownership of being the mother and doing everything and as much as my partner would happily have been you know hands-on I didn't need him to be and then the second child, I was like, no, it's fine. I can do this. You're working. And I I made that divide. I was like, I'm happy to cook. I'm happy to clean. I'm happy for you to go and work and provide. And then the third one, as much as it broke me in a sense that I couldn't do it all, it enabled him to share what I've been doing this whole time and joined in on mm. parenthood. And it's been a Honestly, it's been the most beautiful journey because he now appreciates what I do at home and I appreciate what he does out of home. And of of course, you're always going to have these highs and lows, but I've got to tell you like time and time again, that really communication and when people are saying to you or yelling at you or just, they want to be heard. You want to be heard, they want to be heard, and that is how we navigate through our relationship now with our kids. I stop myself. I can feel myself getting a little bit, you know, emotional, and I really think, what is it that I'm getting a little bit emotional, anxious about? And I will literally tell him the reason that I'm feeling like this is because you did this a few hours ago and it really actually made me pissed off. And he said, sorry, I actually had no idea. And Mm. the way the communication has shifted from our first child, I mean, this is even before kids, we never spoke to each other the way we do now. Mm. And it has been an absolute game changer. Mm. And I, yeah, I, I think strongly, listen to your partner, vice versa. Let them listen to you. You listen to them. And 
just know that it it is tough. Like especially when you're not sleeping, it's mm. it's when you get really cranky and you you just sort of want to go fuck off. But that's and I all feel right like as well. When we spoke to Elise, the psychologist, about mental labor, it's not very sexy, but sometimes you have to like roster in these conversations yeah. like they're a meeting because if you're only having these conversations in the heat of the moment when one of you's at a wit's end or one of you has been really let down or one of you is feeling extremely resentful, it's really hard for the conversations to be productive because they come from like such a place of emotion. So I feel like every now and again, even when things are like somewhat good, there's always things that you can check in on and and make better or make sure the other person feels heard or whatever it is. But I, I think like, you know, as an outsider, I, I, like with what you're saying, I feel like one of the major positives as much as your journey with postpartum depression, anxiety was mm obviously not a pleasant one. Like I feel like one of the positives is the team that you guys have become and whether that's because Harry stepped up to the plate or whether that's because you've let mm. him in because you really had no choice. It is amazing it's that beautiful. something so positive has come from such a difficult experience. So I guess if there's people out there who are going through that, like maybe it is your sign that whether it's a partner, whether it's a family member, whether it's paid help, like, like you know, a nanny or, or a cleaner, like maybe this is your time to let people in and let people in to help. Yeah, you don't have to do it all and we were never meant to do it all. So yeah. just know that. All right, next question is what was your first ever job ever? I'll go first. My first ever job was at Toys R Us and I got fired because I was too busy playing with the toys. I was going to say, as if you lasted at Toys R Us. I know. So (laughs) I was in like the Bratz doll section. Yeah. And, look, it was great. How would you resist? It was such a fun time. And then if the manager would go on break, you'd be like, you'd be beauty there'd be things that you'd be pulling up there'd be bikes you could ride anyway they were like okay we're just not going to need you next season so thanks for that that was great but that was my first experience and yeah that was that was fun that was a I fun think time. my first was working in a cafe I'm not sure if I had a job before that but um Nick and I were actually having a conversation the other day because he's basically worked in hospitality since he started working as well. And we were saying what a great job it is to have your kids do when they're young or even continuing on, like if you want to, you know, be in career hospitality, because I just feel like it teaches you so quickly to communicate with all types of people. There's always people that are pissed off. So, you know, you have to work on conflict resolution, time management, like, you know, if it's a busy cafe or a busy restaurant like time management is so important and I feel like it sets you up for a lot of future confrontations yeah Yeah, absolutely do you know the other day I was going through the drive-through of Macca's obviously and there were two you know how there's two bays Mm. so they've got to listen to one and then they've got to listen to the other and I drove up to the first window and she's like excuse me can I take your order so she was doing another job and I said to her I said 
I just want to let you know <laughs> that you blow my mind. This job would be so complex at the fact that you are taking those orders, then you're getting my money, and then you're like, there's just so many hats everyone in and McDonald's has. And then you were has. giving me this delicious food. <laughs> now, that's, that's uh, window two. What did two. I do to deserve you? That's window two, and I'm obviously really hungry. But she was so thrown. She was like, oh, thank you. And I'm like, no, you need to understand. Like, she was 16 or 17, yeah. and she was working her guts out. And I'm like, that takes a lot of energy and courage and concentration yeah. and and they are they they're going hard in there yeah. but seriously just get the burgers right that's <laughs> whoever's in the kitchen pull your socks up stop having a chat with your mates because we know you're not doing the best you can do. Did you not have a good burger? No, I had a barrier of a burger. It was oh, not good. They need to lift their game. They do. Something's happened at Macca's. I have. If head office can get it's in touch. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's that lettuce is too expensive. Did you hear? Oh, okay. So I was at Hungry Jack's last week. <laughs> and guess what happened? Because she has a varied diet. She likes to mix it up between the different fast food outlets. Look, Byron has pretty much no junk food in that sense. So when I'm out of Byron, I go hard at the junk food. But there was this sign, a paper sign in the front of the drive-thru at Hungry Jack's and it said, we are so sorry for the inconvenience, but due to the lettuce shortages. The shortages. We Inflation. Are, we were out of lettuce. And I looked at Greta, obviously Greta's in the car, <laughs> and I'm like, what has the world fucking come to yeah. when we're out of fucking lettuce? Like, yeah, like it's one thing to pay 250 bucks to fill up your car with petrol. I'm, it's another thing to go to KFC or Hungry Jacks and you can't get lettuce. You know, there's no toilet paper but lettuce. Anyway, <laughs> guess what happens? We go through the drive-thru, I park, I open up my wrapper and I'm like, Greta! And she's like, what? I'm like, I've got lettuce. And she's like, no. I'm like, I've got lettuce. So now I'm so stoked. I reckon something's going on. Like now I'm so. It's like reverse it psychology. Is. I'm yeah. stoked that I've got lettuce when I would yeah. never think twice about lettuce in the first place. Yeah. Well, KFC is doing a half lettuce, half cabbage oh, combo. Nice. Like, I don't know. Oh, cabbage is good. Yeah, if but done if it's right. Asian slaw, like, Yum. you know. All right, let us move on. <laughs> <laughs> Do you girls ever fight, disagree, or argue? Ooh. This is going to be a really boring question. We don't actually fight. We bring things up with one another pretty yeah. quickly. So, okay, so Sophie is actually someone that I admire in a way that she isn't a very confrontational. No, you can be direct, mm. but you have a way with articulating yourself without it being hurtful or offending people. I mean, sometimes you can offend me, but when you do offend me, you're like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say it. So you then own it. But I think that I actually learn a lot from you in this aspect because you're not as inflammatory. Whereas what I've actually learned is that with my anxiety, I get quite like, it's not, it's not like rage, but I'm just like, I, I panic a little bit. So I need whatever I'm thinking to immediately come off my chest and to the person it comes off not right and not well. And once I simmer down, I'm like, oh, I really could have said that in a, in a better way. And I usually will always apologize after I get there, but I'm, I'm trying to actually do that before I get to that point where I'm like, hang on, what are you trying to say? What is the actual problem? 
what is the emotion that you're feeling and why you're feeling it. Mm. And it's just a lot of self-talk and self, uh, what do you call it, self-work that I'm working on to try and have better communication skills when it comes to things that really But it's funny because I feel like we're both learning from one another in that aspect and we could probably meet somewhere in the middle um, because I feel like you are like to me, Soph, like stand up for yourself. Like you can't just let that happen. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And then, but then I'm like, oh, like this isn't worth putting the energy into being pissed off about it. So I feel like we both could probably meet somewhere in the middle. And that goes to show like we're such different people. But I feel like it's very rarely at one another. No, it's not. It's more us against the world. (laughs) It it is us us against the world. But it's also when we have ours aren't argue. No, we don't argue either. We're actually quite lucky because we're like for us, we're on the same team. Yeah. You know, like if we have, we'll always, like if there's an issue, a work issue, we'll always speak openly about it to see the solution that we're both happy mm. with. Oh, this is an interesting question. No judgment, but did you change any online habits after the kids' cyber safety episode? Okay, this wasn't the first question that came in about this. There's yeah. been a few of these. And have you? Look, I have slightly tweaked some things. I went away from that episode actually and I didn't show really my kids at all on social media for a solid week and it was not because I was like I I'm never going to show them again that's the decision I've made I just went away from the episode and I think this is what Sarah wanted us to do is just to think Be mindful. that's all it's not she's not saying that you know she thinks every person who puts their kids face on social media or their kids name is a bad person she just wanted us to make the conscious thought. And I feel like beforehand I hadn't really been consciously thinking about it and now I do consciously think about it. I feel like you and I were both kind of leaning towards our social media pages, focusing more on us as individuals and us as mothers rather than our kids anyway. Um, So I feel like I've made more of an effort for that. I had already made a decision that I didn't particularly want to do too many paid jobs that had to involve my kids. That was because they're really high number, maintenance. Well, it's they're just such they're it's, it's hard just work. hard it fucking hard, hard work. work. And like, you know, when my kids aren't at daycare and I'm with them, I don't want to be thinking yeah. about work stuff. Like that's not fair on them. It's taxing on me. It's just meh. So yeah. I'd already been kind of making those decisions. In terms of from that episode, I archived any pictures that I felt like you could see the front of my house. I've been more conscious on like sharing locations and stuff like that when I'm like at the location. Location. It's definitely brought up a lot of conversations I've just had loosely with my kids about like, you know, not telling strangers where your house mm. is, not telling strangers what your name is, that kind of thing. But like I haven't been like hard on it. I feel like I've just been... It's just been a kind of general, more conscious. Yeah. And I feel like the footprint has stuck with me. So I feel like back in the day, I don't know, like, sorry, Pops, that I didn't know this back then. But like, <laughs> I remember back in the day, I'd shared some stories where like Poppy had accidentally pooed in the pool. And like, I shared it being like, haha, this is so funny. Whereas I feel like now if Goldie did that, I probably wouldn't share it. I would be like, oh, Goldie doesn't really need for everyone to know that forever. And like, what if she's older? And you know, like it's a fr- lot of thinking we yeah. do now, isn't yeah. it? Like we think about a lot, like <laughs> in the nineties, <90s, laughs> 
in the early thousands, there wasn't a lot of thinking. Well, there and, was. It was just different yeah, stuff. Yeah, but I feel like these days it is like we are really just conscious of a lot more and mm. we are, you know, and, and it, which is a great thing. I think it's a real positive thing that we're doing this and especially a conversation like this, absolutely for the safety of our child or children. Yeah, I would agree with you. I have definitely every time I, you know, think of doing something with the kids, I am mindful of what I'm putting out there. Actually, the other day we were doing car karaoke and someone said, I'm, I'm not having a dig at you. I'm just letting you know that the girls' logos are on the school uniform mm. They were blurry, you couldn't really see. But in not even my defence, I was aware that they were in their uniforms. The schools at the moment are completely locked and bolted until we are at the gate to get our children in. If my children were at that school and being picked up by bus. But it's just you've just thought about it. Like before you probably would never have thought about it. Totally. I just feel like... I and, it, and it, this is what I'm saying. So my thought process is: Am I comfortable with what I've done? Yes, I am. Mm. My other thought process is: If my children are okay and they want to do something that is creative and it's fun in terms of content, I ask them. Mm. And Yumi, at the moment, loves to do a lot of things, which mm. is great. I have definitely pulled away from my children and focused more on myself because the older they get, it's really going to be all me. So you're going to all be stuck (laughs) with me and that's going to be very, very eventful. Um, But in terms of little jobs and stuff, like also my children get paid what they do. So when we do little jobs, I also, not that I care what everyone's thinking, but I put that money that they've done into their accounts so they've got money when they're 18. Like that's the perk that I, they don't care because they get whatever they want now. But for me, when they do something, that money is actually secretly put into their accounts so they've got something out of it. So I feel like all around in the way I think about it, it's a win-win. And it's just it's just about thinking about it it's and just what thinking. you feel comfortable with. 100%. Um, bit of a change of pace. Go. Where is your line That's what I when was it comes say. to I was going to read this one. <laughs> where is your line when it comes to stag nights, which that's the same as bucks nights, right? Yeah, yeah. Um yep. IE strip clubs, strippers, etc. All right, so I think personally this comes down to the relationship and the trust that you have with your partner and what you both think is fair and not fair. Would I be okay if he went to a strip club? Would he be okay if I went to a strip club? These are conversations, once again, we have to have with one another. I think that if there was a Bucks night that he went to, I would be okay with it because usually there's that one last hurrah, there's shenanigans going on and, look, they've seen worse things on the internet and they're (laughs) pre-marriage or partner days. So I don't have an issue with that. If he went out of his way, uh, you know, more than once and went to a strip club, I would be quite upset and that would be something that I wouldn't be okay with. And he also wouldn't be okay if I did that as well. But once again, if I did do that, it would be absolutely put out on a platter to say, hey, I'm going to go to a strip club. How do you feel about that? Mm. If he's not comfortable, that thing it's it's removed. Mm. We're a partnership. 
Yeah, I feel like if Nick went to a strip club on a Bucks night, as long as there was no like trying to hide it or like him being funny about the debt, like I honestly, like, to be honest, I have absolutely no qualms with him. I trust him yeah. wholeheartedly at a strip club. Like yeah. I don't like, but yeah, if it was for a Bucks night or whatever, I'd be like, yeah, pay for the Buck to have a private lap dance, whatever. Pay for the Buck to have it. A- whatever the buck wants if my partner was ending up at strip clubs like every time he went out my husband doesn't (laughs) go out if I if my husband's getting free time he's like out fishing or on a hunting trip or whatever if I found out for example he was going on a hunting trip and he was like on the way down stopping each time with the boys to go to the strip club I wouldn't be happy with that Something about yeah, the event yeah. of a Bucks night is fine. Something about having to go all the time instead of like being home, uh, it just doesn't sit right yeah. with me, especially if there's any like withholding of the truth. Yeah. Have you seen each other naked? Oh my gosh, so many times. <laughs> too many yeah, times. Too many times. In yeah. fact, I'm pretty much naked every time we do a podcast because it's yeah. so hot. So yeah. yes, we have. But no, we've done quite a few trips together for work and we're quite yeah, comfortable. We're, I, it's funny though, because I feel like the first time we went away together, we didn't actually know one another that well. It probably would have been the first time we did like a Fisher Price podcast. And I feel like we didn't oh, yeah, know yeah, yeah. one another that well. And I don't really feel like there was any conversation about like, oh, do you mind if mm. I, we both were just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to change the knickers or off the tits are out. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like we're both pretty comfortable yeah. in our own skin and yeah, yeah we, many times. Yes, many times, many times. All right, there's a question for Sophie. I've been listening to Beyond the Bump and we don't have time for this. This is another podcast. And I was wondering how Sophie and Gemma met. Oh, yeah. If anyone doesn't listen to We Didn't Have Time for This, that's don't, a, no, don't, don't listen. Listen to us instead. No, I'm kidding. That is a podcast by Gemma and Kate. They're best mates from like childhood and they talk a lot about motherhood, specifically quite a lot about being full-time working mums. Their podcast is a little bit different to ours because it's not so much like guest-based. It's more them just hashing out like current affairs and issues and things they don't have time for. Anyway, <laughs> This episode is not sponsored by We Don't Have Time for This, but girls, if you'd like to wire us some money, um, I can send you our BSB and account number. Gemma and I actually, much like Jade and I, met over Instagram, but Gemma followed me first. I had just been to Japan with Poppy when she was 11 months old and her daughter Rafa is a really similar age to Poppy and they were planning a trip not long after to Japan Um, and she, I think, put a call out on Instagram being like, does anyone have any tips for Japan? And quite a few people said to her, oh, you should follow Sophie. Like I think she's got a couple of blog posts about it, da-da-da-da. And then she started following me and asking me questions about Japan and that's kind of how we met. And then she often does family holidays up this way, so we've kind of met that way. And she's just been one of those really nice sides of social media that her and I would call each other maybe once a week, once a fortnight and no joke have an hour, hour and a half conversation. And, like, that's longer than I chat to a lot of my friends I've known for like decades for on the phone. Do you know what I mean? Like, so it is one of those things, like we would have only met in real life, like maybe three or four times, but um, 
yeah, we have like a really, really close friendship. That's great. So, yeah. I've got a personal one for you then. This is actually one that comes up a lot. What did you do before the <laughs> podcast and kids? And I don't feel like I knew this. <laughs> Until like <laughs> like properly until like six months ago. Oh god, which what part did the I say? The watches part oh. when you were talking to Dr. Timmy all about watches, and I was like, how do you know so much about watches? Oh. Well, basically, I was going to say I didn't do much, but I you did a lot. I did a lot of things before the potty. It always surprises me that you had kids so young because you're always like, oh, so I was backpacking through <laughs> da 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 da. I was taking a shit on the side of the van in this place before I had somewhere. kids. I'm like, didn't you have kids at like 25. 18? <laughs> I know, I know, very young. So I had a few jobs here and there. I had a job, my most consistent job, I worked at a high-end uh, watch store. It was called Watches of Switzerland and it was a great family-run business. They're still there today in Melbourne and I just had a really good relationship with the manager there, the family there. One of my girlfriends, my close girlfriends, worked there for a little bit, which was an absolute ball. It was just a really fun time. Look, I think it's quite clear that my character and personality slips into every job that I do. And I was not someone that was like, I needed time to sort of have fun. There always needs to be an element of fun. Otherwise I just can't. Did you have an interest in watches before? Like, did you know anything about, so you just learned it all there? Yeah, I just learned it. And I didn't have really an interest. And then I sort of just you had to you had to know every single thing because there would have been people coming in who know like Mate, every last thing about watches, you think and then you're meant to be the expert. There are people from overseas that come in regularly, and they are buying like their collections are out of this world. I sold a watch in cash for thirty thousand dollars. It was a Cartier watch. It was solid gold, and I was sitting there just thinking. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do for yeah, like because I, I want to do that. But what, like, I just I'm a people person. I love hearing people's stories, what they do, and that was the the perk that I loved. The but there was bonuses as well. But <laughs> there was a perk of, like pocketing five thousand of that thirty thousand dollars cash and pretending tri- you sold it for a discount. I want a, I want a few trips to Hamilton mm-hmm. Island. It was a pretty good time. But no, it was just a fun time to meet people. I did get asked out twice by this one guy. Once I had a boyfriend and he came in, he goes, I just wanted to see if like, and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry, I have a boyfriend. And then he came in the next time, I'm like, oh, sorry, I've got another boyfriend. And he was like, oh, okay. And then <laughs> you you spent too long between buying yeah. watches. If you had bought an extra one <laughs> in the it. middle, only would have cost you 20 grand. I would have come on a date with That's you. That's it. And then from there, I went overseas with Harry who is now my husband, and we did six-month stints probably two or three times. And then I came back and I started working for a company that is marketing and sales. And that team was epic because I freaking loved my boss. I had two bosses. There was a boss boss that was a little bit like, he didn't really say much or do much, but then there was my managing boss who was just, he was English, he was hilarious, he was kind of hot, had a beard, and then I had a whole team of people. Doesn't take much for you no, to find people all. hot though. English, beard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it, that's um, But, yeah, and then I had just some legends around and we had a really good time and then from there I went travelling again and fell pregnant and I became a mum and I really put all my 
love and passion and motivation into motherhood. And I feel like I've never, ever had a click or something that has made me want to love and read up and study things as much as motherhood. Mm. And that's why this podcast resonates so well with me because I am so passionate about parenthood, motherhood, Mm. women, Mm. meeting people. It's Mm. just, it honestly, it's like I hit gold. I really did. We did. Yeah. I I honestly have an epiphany once a week. Yeah. And it's like not even necessarily when we record or like when a new recording comes out. I just have this like it might be like someone asks me what I do or like asks how the podcast's going or or whatever, and I'll just be like, I get to do that as my job. Yeah, it's really cool. And we used to we we did a thing a year or so ago about it was like an ABC thing about what our jobs were, and at the time they were talking about influencers, and I got really embarrassed because I was like, no, I don't want to be seen as an influencer because everyone shits on influencers. And that's not what I am. I just kind of do what I do and people follow me. It's like, well, that's what it is. But I now own it. Like I own it because now I like I always obviously have been in a sense, but I am one. And the reason that I like that I am one is because I'm doing things that really resonate with me that is honest, truthful, and I would never put anything out there that I don't feel comfortable with and I would never sell something like this is the thing people don't get. There's no way in hell that I would promote something that 40,000 of you, let's be serious, not all of you look at my stuff, but <laughs> let's say like 100, 100. of you. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, you know, whoever is going to buy and then you're going to go, Yeah, but the problem shit. is that everyone says that and then they, and then the others still go and do it. What annoys me with the influencer thing is that, of course, there are problematic and crappy influencers out there. Yeah. But the thing is there's problematic and crappy lawyers doctors, out there, lawyers. doctors, mechanics, yes. whatever, and Good no point. one says like, oh, I once went to this lawyer who. So they're all shit. So they're all shit. I'm never going to see a lawyer again and you're all shit and the job you do is meaningless and easy and not worthwhile. And another thing that annoys me is people go, like, I am not saying that we have the most challenging, stressful job in the world, but still a fair bit goes into it at times. And the thing is, I think people look at it and they don't understand it. So they poo poo it. Look, if you told me 90% of the titles of corporate workers out there, I don't understand what you do, but that doesn't mean that I'm automatically going to assume that it's worthless, easy, and like you're never allowed to whinge about it. Like that's the thing that annoys me. Just because you don't understand something doesn't mean you have to poo-poo it. You know, like if like I was at a dinner the other week and someone told me they're an auditor. I had to get her to explain to me what that was. (laughs) I don't get it. I, I don't understand like the corporate world. Like a lot of the people I went to school with, if they told me what them and their partners did, I, I don't understand Someone what that said is. That to me. But that doesn't mean it's not a legitimate job. No. And it's it's look, if you're making money from anything, it's a job. Yeah. Let's just put it to bed. That is a job. So good on you if you are getting <laughs> paid it at the same to do time. something and yeah, and doing that. Oh, do you see or speak to any of your ex-boyfriends? Yeah, so my ex-boyfriend that I was with before Nick, I see him like relatively frequently. He lives in Melbourne, but he's good friends with all of my friends in Melbourne. So whenever I'm down there for a wedding or an event or... Do you kiss on the cheek? Yeah. 
and it's fine. It's fine. Was it was it an amicable breakup? Oh, I don't really want to go into. No, this you don't on have air. to, but do. Yeah, it was. I mean, well, like I feel like most breakups are one sided in some way. Of course, there was like a transition yes. period in the middle, like especially when I first started seeing Nick. There was some awkwardness yeah. because, like, how long were you dating for? Um, I think a bit over a year. Yeah. Um, but it was quite serious, and yeah. we did long distance for a while once I'd moved up here. But like. Nick and him get on like a house on fire. Like Nick and I often joke that if he wasn't my ex-boyfriend, Nick would probably be the closest to him of all oh, wow. of the guys in that friendship group. And to be honest, like when we go to weddings and stuff, like they they do, they like chat for ages and get on and they they like get on That's really so well. Good. So, yeah, and there's like, yeah, his partner's lovely and, yeah, so... It's quite nice. Like I'm not saying it was always sunshine and roses and everyone. Like no. I, I wouldn't go on a double date. No. But like everyone gets on and I fully respect him. He's like such a lovely guy. I love and- it because my girlfriend has a ex-boyfriend that is in the same friendship circle yeah. and they get along and hang out all the time and it blows my mind because I've had only – so I've had – <laughs> I've had four boyfriends my whole life. I'm a bit of a serial relationship yeah, same, person. I'm, same, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I have never really yeah. gone out and, you know, gone out of town. But I have had long-term relationships and each of those relationships, I don't speak to any of those boys at all because I broke it up with all of them for various reasons but it's just, but I think it also depends on your situation because it's not like I, I don't send him like a Christmas card or like text him to say but happy oh, birthday or anything. Feel I, I only something speak. like wouldn't like I guess because I've never had it. If yeah. I saw my ex, well, I don't know which one I'd be thinking about because one I just don't like. The other two I I would say hi to, but they, aren't there like there's obviously memories and history there. So is it Yeah, but you broke up for a reason. Like I still look back on that time and I'm like, yeah, we had a great time together and I have really fond memories with him and but it just didn't work out and it wasn't meant to be. I I don't see him and there's not like fireworks going off in my mind, but I also don't see him and think, oh, God, I wasted my time with you. I say that to Harry though. I'm like there's a reason people are your ex because you're like you'd have more worry about meeting the new person in the future than your ex because the oh, reason I that you're there. more fireworks meeting a stranger yeah, down the street. Exactly. That's what I mean. But, <laughs> yeah, it blows the, my mind. There's the what ifs. <laughs> <laughs> there's no what ifs with my there ex. There is. We've I know it all. that out. I know. <laughs> it didn't work. <sighs> okay, so the answer for no, me kidding, is no. Nick still let me out of the house. Please. <laughs> He's locked the doors. The bolts are on. Be honest. How lively is your sex life? Well, look. What week are we in? (laughs) For someone that, hang on, where am I going with this? What is sex? (laughs) (laughs) Let's just Google what sex is. (laughs) Sex is, okay. So Daddy's stuck. No, daddy is stuck. Mummy's stuck. (laughs) Um. I think. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't ask you the meaning of life. Like just an approximate. Okay. How good is, what was it? No, how good is it? How well, often? How often? Okay. Let's, okay. How often do we sex? We probably, okay. We all know. Oh the, okay. God. Sorry, I'm getting really you're, flustered. It's why are you? You're such a, turn the aircon on. 
on. You're such an open book. I, I know. I get it. It just flustered. I don't know. It just overwhelms me sometimes. Okay, so there's a one-week period of my cycle that I am ovulating and that is the time where I am really, really into sex, like just happy to go for it. Funnily enough, I sent a text to my husband two days ago and it said, and I quote, let's get it up one second. I said to him, if you want a good fucking come to the bedroom or forever hold your load. This is only valid for the next two minutes. This guy, he came running up the farm hill. He was. Oh, he wasn't even in there. No, no, no. He was. I knew he was around. He just bolted and he ended up, he had just boots on by the end and he was sweating and raring to go. Now, this only happens for one week and one week only. But like how many times in that week? Oh, it could be maybe like two or three and then there might be on his time because he'd happily have sex every day of his life but out of respect to me because it's just (laughs) not my thing all the time it would be maybe once a week or sometimes once every two weeks like it's just not it's more like six to seven times a month if that like you average out over a month yeah let's average yeah, yeah let's average out what about you I'd say one to two times a week yeah, that's good. Yeah, but then obviously not the like I don't like period sex, so not oh, the way I don't like menstruation. Do you know how many people do? I found yeah, and, out and go for gold. But I'm like, I feel bloated. I've got like period. I poos, said that to Harry. I said, "What if? What if? Like you know, I really wanted it or whatever." Because you've never ever asked. Because he's quite, you know, not. He's like, I'm just, I'm happy to wait three days. Like I don't need to. I just don't need to go there. And I'm like, yeah, well, obviously. I'm sure Nick would if I was keen on it. He'd just say maybe in the shower. Oh, yeah. But good on everyone who, oh, can I tell a really funny story? It better be. Okay, so we went out for a ladies' lunch and we were telling our worst ick moments, like what's the most cringiest moment? And we had a fair few on the table. The guy next to us is like, I'm so sorry, I just overheard a period story. Can I tell you mine? And then he said that he met up with this chick on a date who had her period, he didn't know at the time. So he was going down there and he found a cord and he pulled the cord around his finger and pulled it out and then just flung it into the room. And they were getting into it. Wait, stop. <laughs> Wait. What did he think it was? You don't just go ru- pulling on random cords. He just assumed. So he just pulled it and flung it. They're having like intimacy. They're getting all into it. And he can feel like these flicks of hot Specs on him, and he's like, "Oh, what is that? Like, like I don't know, wax." And he then, like, while he was closing his eyes, sees these big bright lights, and he was a bit pissed. So he's like, "I feel like someone's turned the light on. Like, how has she turned the light on while all this is happening?" He opens his eyes. There is fire to the right of the bed because when he flung the bleeding tampon, it hit into a candle. The candle knocked onto this foam um, pillowcase and it went alight. The whole building had to evacuate, go downstairs. He had blood on his hands because he was mid-you-know-what and everyone was standing out there wondering why that apartment 
was set on fire and it was all because he pulled a tampon out, didn't look where it was, and it got thrown into a candle and the whole thing exploded. Can you believe that story? And that was only because we were a bit too loud sharing our worst ick moments. I'm, like, really impressed that the two of them were so comfortable that he just, like, pulled it out. And, yeah. Like, that's really great. Yeah. As like as long as she wanted that too, obviously. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not. For I me. mean, the fire part too. But yeah. Did you know the first time Nick and I ever had sex it was on your period? No, he um, had his period. Well, basically, he um, his banjo string, which is like a little like frenulum cord to your foreskin. Oh yeah, broke. didn't know he had a foreskin. He's got a foreskin. Okay. Um, <laughs> Um, broke and he like bled everywhere. So we were like in the dark and I was padding around going like something's really wet and I was like, shit, I've got my period. Like how embarrassing. Like nowadays if I got my period I'd be like, who the hell cares? But this was like the first time, literally the first time. Anyway, so like we turned the lights on and I'm like, oh, my God. And he's like, no, that's not you, that's me, because it happened to him once before. So what is it when you pull it back? It's like a little like. Um, Does he still have it? I think it grows back. Can he come um, in and show me? Nick, <laughs> <laughs> Come show us your banjo string. It had happened once before and, yeah, he like went and saw a urologist and everything to like make sure it was okay and he was like out of action for like a couple wow. of weeks while it healed. And the guy was kind of like, oh, if it keeps happening and keeps happening, like you may have to get circumcised. Oh. At like he would have been like 21. This has happened to a lot of people. Not yeah. a lot, but yeah. I've heard this happen. But um, it was gory and it was so weird. I was like so relieved that it wasn't me. But did you That feel I like ignored you the it? fact I was then like, I'm fucking covered in your blood. <gasps> that is. Yeah. But then vice versa. It's. Look, I'm not. Look, Don't judge. I know. People can have periods. No, they says. can. And a lot of people are horny on their periods. Yeah. I am not one. But I know a lot but of anyways, people. But anyway, so that was, um yeah, our first time. Wow, Only really up from there. Yeah, that's great. Do you ever get nervous over people recognising you out and about? I don't get nervous, no. Is that it? <laughs> I don't, I, no, I don't get nervous. The only time I ever feel awkward is if oh, yeah, someone doesn't say something and then we've been talking for a while and then it comes up like, ages later and then I'm like oh you poor thing you've heard me like rabbiting on about this thing that you already probably knew about and yeah but I I don't know I love talking to anyone so I don't find it weird or uncomfortable or anything and we've actually been a few places now where people have popped out of the woodwork and they're like oh we love you and honestly we love it we love me. Oh, it's people. great for the ego, you know. <laughs> the ego gets boosted, but also when people are so especially about the podcast, when people say I listen to the podcast every week, it's really helped with my motherhood journey. It's just really affirming that like it's having the effect that w- we want it to have. Um, totally. and we know how dark and isolating motherhood can be. So if we you know, can get validation that we are helping with that. Like, obviously, that's a nice thing. Yeah, that's lovely. All right, death row, desert island meal, go. What would it be? A chicken schnitzel-like sanger with, like, lots of lettuce. Like, yeah, like a cabbage slaw or lettuce and, like, a McChickeny-type mayo on really nice bread with hot chips. Oh, you're really going there. You're there, aren't you? 
maybe a chili margarita, a side of oysters, like maybe like a Pacific oyster, like chunky, like like you know, meaty but not too big, nice salty taste with like a champagne, like like vinaigrette type situation on it with some little finely diced shallots. Yeah, that'll do me. Can you pop me on death row? I really want that right now. (laughs) There you go. That's it. Go on. I reckon mine would be, depending on how hungry I am. You're hungry, all right? This is your last meal. Like, All right, my last meal. The best Best ever that it could ever be, McChicken burger. Yeah, well, that's similar. <laughs> with the best ever cheeseburger with extra onions, with a Hungry Jack's Whopper Junior burger with cheese, a Coke Zero. Fuck it, I'll go with Coke. Yeah, Who cares? give me the it's sugar. Me last day. <laughs> and then I don't like chips. So I would. You wouldn't just have them for nah, your life? No, nah. it's just a waste. I've got three burgers on the go. Like, yeah. you know. Oh, actually, anyway. I would probably have a beer. I'd have a Stone and Wood beer. I reckon that would be mm. nice. And then I would have dessert. And my dessert would be a really good, like, sticky date pudding with ice cream. And that would be it. I love that we've both been given the option of any meal and we've both basically picked burgers yeah. <laughs> from a fast food chain. That's pretty good. Yours was a little bit fancy. You Mine was like a, a chili fancy margarita. McChicken. All right, let's finish it off, all right? It better be good. Now you are both professional event hosts. Can you please hold a giant boozy mum's brunch and tell stories? I would happily do that. Would you happily do that? Yes. Look, we still have live events in our minds. We have not gone off that idea. Basically, we wanted to make sure that life was back to somewhat normal, that we weren't going to go to all this effort of planning something and then having to cancel. So we're thinking we're probably going to put it on the drawing board for next year Mm -hmm. to do, whether that be a live podcast recording, a panel, or just a boozy lunch where we tell stories if we've got any stories to tell obviously we'll ask you guys what we want but we're thinking next year will be the goer for that yeah absolutely and we want to obviously make sure that we're going to give you the best goddamn thing that we could ever do so you know let us know what you want yeah all right no one one more last one just to boost our egos what is the one thing you love about one another oh okay um don't think too hard We'll have to think about all the good oh. things I love and find the number one. It's not because I can't find one. It's how do you possibly pick one? One. The number one thing would be that you are just like unapologetically yourself. Yeah. Like you're so sure of who you are, even if sometimes your own brain <laughs> is unsure yeah. of the sureness. Yeah. That's but very yeah, You are just yourself yeah. and you don't care if you make a fool of yourself. Like, you, you almost can't make a fool of yourself because you don't care what anyone else thinks enough yeah. to ever be embarrassed by what anyone else thinks. Yeah, it's nice to be unique. It definitely is nice. All right, so the one thing I love about you is obviously, oh, no, I've already said that big part, but the other thing I love about you is that when you aren't in work mode and you get really, really like funny and you can't stop laughing and then you start getting high pitch while you're talking. And so you just keep on going, why is it like that? 
Do I that never do that in recording? Is my favorite thing. And it's usually when we do Q&As or when we're staying overnight somewhere. Like the other week we were in Sydney and we were in bed together and we were just losing the plot. Like we could not stop laughing. It was just gold. So So I turned into a hyena. Yeah, it was so funny. All right. We hope you guys enjoyed that. And if you didn't, good fucking on ya. Nah, have a good week. It's good to be back. Thanks for giving us a break. Um, (laughs) And we'll see you next week with another potty. Ciao. Thanks for listening to this episode of Beyond the Bump. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and give us a review. If you didn't, good on you. You can also follow us on Instagram at beyondthebump.podcast to stay up to date on behind the scenes and future episodes. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.